they went back and the doctor said another minister's family that please tell to the parents that they won't be so so positive so dreamy because it's not possible welcome to a second chance for the most positive and uplifting time on the radio stay tuned and get in tune with your host gina kane of second, second chance, chance radio, radio. Welcome to a Second Chance Podcast. I am your host, Gina. If it's your first time listening to the show, thank you so much for being here. You are surrounded by a community of those who have been given a second chance and made the best of it. And they're here to inspire you that you can do the same. If you're a longtime listener, I want to say thank you so much for listening and for sharing the show. This is the last episode of 2016. And I want to say a huge thank you to all of our guests. We have had some very inspiring people on the show that have overcome cancer, car accidents, plane crashes, all kinds of things. And I'm so grateful they're willing to be vulnerable and take the time to share their story with us. Today's guest is more of a conversation than an interview. I met him by accident and was just so inspired by how he ended up becoming a pastor at a church here in Canada all the way from Hungary. He was involved in a horrible car accident. They didn't think he was ever going to be able to work. Before this happened, he planned to be a lawyer. However, it changed the way his life ended up going. And because of that, I ended up meeting him right here in my hometown. And now I'm excited with you to share his story. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Miklos Segeti. I'm the pastor of the first Hungarian Presbyterian Church in Vancouver. This is a church established 1955, right before a year before when the big uh, uh, revolution in Hungary against the Russian occupation 1956 uh, happened. Nobody knew the time that this uh, revolution uh, coming, but uh, it it's really the, was the plan of God. It was fantastic. Just uh, a year before. This congregation established uh, by a faithful a pastor of uh, the Hungarian community, and uh, in 1956, this community was ready to to be open um, towards the refugees, and uh, 37,000 Hungarian refugees arrived to Canada at that time. 200,000 refugees fled Hungary at that time, and 37,000 arrived to Canada and many to Vancouver, and this church was uh, the, was for many the first uh, home and the first place to welcome uh, in this new world. So well about myself, I, I'm talking about someone different than myself, sorry about that. So I came here 1999, uh, so 17, almost almost 18 years, and, and uh, I'm very happy to be here to service to, to provide service for Hungarians and not only Hungarians, uh, Canadians as well, uh, on many different ways. And uh, I'm a minister uh, included to the Presbyterian of Westminster in the Presbyterian Church in Canada. I don't know what way we should go now for this interview because you could talk about your experience with coming here to Canada or what it was like to lead all the people coming here to Canada. <laughs> I was born in Hungary in 1969, and uh, I remember back that my father told me a lot of stories about Canada and the huge cars that uh, he saw 
because he was one of the refugee of 1956ers and he arrived to Winnipeg and he was living in Winnipeg for 10 years. But uh, anyway, he was homesick and uh, uh, Hungary and Canada signed an election, Hungary and the UN uh, signed an agreement that uh, everybody who had no criminal charge during the revolution in Hungary, uh, they were able to, to go back uh, to Hungary without any penalty or something like that. That was in that was signed by the Hungarian communist government. But anyway, uh, my father was so homesick, so he moved back to Hungary ten years later, 1966. And I was born in Hungary, 1969. So when I was born, my father told lots of stories about Canada, but I had no idea, no clue that it meant anything to me personally. Mm-hmm. So I was growing up in Hungary. And uh, uh, my family was religious, so we went to church. Uh, my mom's uh, uh, dad, my grandpa, was a minister uh, for 50 years in the church. And uh, uh, his line of family was ministers as well uh, in the Reformed Church of Hungary. So anyway, uh, I, was, I was growing up in a religious uh, um, family, religious background. And uh, I went to a high school that was the only high school that was not closed. Uh, I mean, that was a, a high school that run by the church in Hungary. Plenty of schools was run, was run by the church before the communist regime came, arrived to, to Hungary. But that was the only one that remained open in Debrecen. Debrecen, we usually call Debrecen the... the, the, the uh, uh, Protestant Rome or before Rome is Debrecen, <laughs> is a city in Hungary. Anyway, I went there and, and uh, I enjoyed so much the education there. And of course, not just education, because there was uh, plenty of uh, uh, Bible studies and, and, and uh, religious education. And I enjoyed that so much. Uh, so I finished that. And after that, when I finished high school, I decided to myself I wanted to be a lawyer, but my grades was not was not so good to be a lawyer in Hungary, <laughs> and my background was not so good that time either because uh, my parents was religious and so on. So uh, I decided um, to try to 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 get acceptance to the faculty of theology at the university because that time uh, a liberation started to arrive and I had a plan, I had a dream that if I, if I got acceptance to the, to, to the faculty, uh, I would be able to transfer myself to the, to the law later. Ah. But if I am in the bonds of the university, inside the bonds, maybe easier to, 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 to be a lawyer than I was, I, I didn't fall to be a pastor at all. Uh, so uh, that was my my calling, if I say it. it was not a calling, but it was my my attitude or my my behavior to 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 uh, to try to, to to get acceptance to the faculty of theology. And I was surprised that I, I got it. So I was accepted. And I was accepted but uh, next week uh, uh, I had to go to work 
because I was working after my high school and I was driving and I had a huge accident, a huge accident. I almost died, car smashed one person and I had, uh, I, I landed uh, at the emergency care of the hospital in coma. And the doctor said to my parents that they don't know how long uh, this coma takes because if it's longer, uh, the damage is getting bigger. If, uh, if not as long, uh, it is possible more recovery. So after three days, uh, I had the clinical death. That was the trauma, the biggest trauma. Uh, and after that, uh, uh, I awake from this coma. And, uh, and uh, uh, I was able to communicate only a few things, uh, not to speak, uh, but uh, to notify uh, things back that I'm alive, understand what they were talking. So anyway, it's a long story, long story short, more than a month in uh, intensive care unit. Doctor said to my parents that I never be able to speak. I never be able to, to go to university because meanwhile I was laying down in the, in the bed, hospital bed. The paper came back from the university that I got accepted to be a university. Oh my. And doctor said to my parents, sorry that they say it, it, is, it is impossible. Impossible, hey? Impossible. impossible. He might be able to exist in a daycare facility or, uh, or at home uh, doing very simple work like changing between red cube and, and white cubes and, and, and putting together and something like that, but not university at all, impossible. Because my main injury was a head injury uh, uh, from this accident. Um, this side, I, I don't know, this, this forehead, the yeah. forehead of my uh, head was injured. And that's why my, because it's left side of the, of the, of the brain, my right side paralyzed, for example. I was not able to speak because the, the, the speech uh, center is in that area. So anyway, they said it's impossible. And uh, my mom, she was believer at that time and she prayed and she cried and she got the word from Romans that said that the present tribulations in this time is, uh, is not comparable for the glory that he could show on, on, on his children. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm trying to translate by my head. I don't know exactly the words, but something like this. Mm -hmm. And, and my, my, my mom said that, wow, if God wants to show his glory on, onto my son, he couldn't be dead. He should recover and should be a minister. Wow, that's just incredible. They went back and the doctor said, another minister's family, that please, tell to the parents that they won't be so, so positive, so dreamy, because it's not possible. So anyway, after a month, I left the critical care and I went to uh, another hospital that is a rehabilitation uh, uh, facility in Hungary. And I spent three months, three months in that, in the facility. And uh, a lot of things, a lot of the verbal and also uh, the, 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 the mental and motoric uh, uh, abilities came back slowly, very slowly, but came back. 
and and four months later, although in wheelchair, but I was able to attend the first class at the university. Just four months after, and remember back, my my accident uh, happened in, in July, and uh, in January, I had a control uh, that I I had to take in the in the hospital where where I I've been as a uh, in intensive care, you know it. So emergency. So I I went there uh, and. I don't know where to go. So I didn't I didn't know where to go. So I I ring the bell and 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 the nurse opened the door and I showed him the I don't know how to say in English the last note that I got when I when I left the hospital you know and the name on it and 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 what happened with me and so on and and she just just looked the name and looked at me stared at me looked the name stared at me and asked me are you the Miklos Sigeti? No. Yes, I am Miklos Sigeti. And she turned back and said, "Guys, here is Miklo Sigeti." <laughs> and all the nurses and doctors came to the door and said, "You are here. What are you doing?" And I said, "I am the first year student of the uh, of the faculty of theology at the university." What? Yes. What are you doing, really? <laughs> so anyway, it's a miracle, a real miracle. And and I was able to to to, to finish uh, the university's five years, its masters, and and uh, and I became a pastor. And um, I had a big big problem, many problems, but I have a big problem about about that because because um, only one thing remained uh, from this uh, accident. I was able to walk. I was able to 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 even even. Even the power in my right side is not the same on, as in the in the left side, still. But I'm able to do everything. But the only thing that that the still uh, problem is my speech. Ah, uh, I got from this accident. I got a speech impediment. Uh-huh, okay. I mean, I'm not able. Sometimes I'm not able to to speak slow, but very fast. If I'm, I speak Hungarian and it is full of my heart, it's hard to understand <laughs> because I speak very fast. And uh, when I went to the university at the first year, right after the accident, and I spoke students, uh, my, my, my classmates and friends, uh, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, they asked me, oh, Miklos, we heard. God, how amazed things did with you! It's wonderful. It's praise the Lord. Wonderful. What are you doing? What are you prepared to do now? And I said uh, very fast, you know, guys, uh, I'm, 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 I got the call from the Lord, so I'm preparing to be a minister. But very fast, extremely fast. And they looked at me, stared at me, and said, "Listen, God didn't take away your leg. God didn't take away your arm." God taken away your speech. Wow. You are not able to talk. Listen, this is not the God way to do, to be a minister. You are not called to be a minister because God showed you clearly that you are not able to speak. I cried a lot. I cried a lot. And I asked, Lord, why did happened? Where did it happen to me? 
I understand that this was my salvation. I understand that, that, that during this accident, I was able to achieve, to understand that you love me so much and you don't want me to be lost, but try to save others who are lost. Oh Lord, but I'm not able to speak. Why? Help me, Lord. I don't want to be a minister if you want me to be. But I want to do what you want me to do. Help me. What is your way? And uh, God didn't ask for me for a while. And, and, and it, it was horrible. And I think everybody mm-hmm. experienced this time in, 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 in life. When, when we are asking and he's not answering right away. And I just praying. And because I didn't get anything else, so I, I still attended university and I sought and I heard and I learned, studied things. But there were a huge question in my heart and uncertainty. But of course, I communicate with the God, so I, I read the Bible every day. One time, I got the same punch to my face in the university, in the university from another uh, classmate. And I was so sad about that. And I went home and, and I forgot to read the Bible in the morning. And I read in the afternoon. And I read the story of Moses. When Moses was called by God to lead the nation of God from Egypt to the land, show God. And Moses said, that, no, sorry, Lord, I'm, I'm not able to do that because I'm too young. And you know the story, I think, that he had many other ex- uh, excuses, not only this one, but many other. Uh, they didn't listen to me, and they won't listen to me, and other things. And finally, I think the fifth, that was the fifth excuse, but that was the, the one person sure excuse, listen, Lord, said Moses. Listen, Lord, I have a speech impediment. I never was able to speak well, so listen, please send someone else. I remember that story, and I remember thinking that myself, there must be someone else. Someone else. And uh, when I got it, I just cried and said, Lord, it's okay, Lord, you know, I don't know how, but... You know what, what to do, so, okay, I'm, I'm going. I give my tongue, I give my speech, give my life to you. And please use me as you want. And you know what, when I, when I, when I preached, because, of course, during the education, we had um, special times and we go to churches uh, and, and we, we had to practice how to preach. So... When I went to churches, you know, different places in Hungary, uh, I always started with my personal uh, testimony about my car accident, my calling, my speech impediment, and everything else. And after I preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I was surprised that people came to me crying and said they thank it so much because they don't understand why and how to live and what to do. And, and they were touched by a word uh, that I proclaimed. And I just surprised, what? God was able to use me. And it was great. <laughs> and meanwhile, uh, of course, uh, 
at first, meanwhile, I married <laughs> my my beautiful wife, and uh, and uh, and she got a call from the Lord also uh, to be a speech therapist. So she went to university and she finished that. And she is mentally handicapped children's teacher and also speech pathologist. And not just she, but but I attended professionals uh, who helped me a lot to how to preach. But otherwise, one of benefit, many benefits, but one of ben one of the biggest benefit of these things is that mm -hmm. I have to be prepared very very well when I go to the pulpit to preach, and I have to pray, I have to uh, go through everything very detailed. I have to be very, very prepared on the pulpit because uh, I have to be as prepared not to listen what to say, but listen how to say. And it's good, it is very good, because it always means that, that, that uh, I have a very wonderful time for preparation and and these are the uh, the blessed sometimes very difficult times when I'm preparing the sermon and I'm preparing one person and I learn what do I say and I'm ready to go to the pulpit to say properly uh, for the people of God. Have you ever figured out why sometimes it takes so long to hear the answer back when we ask a question to God? because we need time. We need time to be prepared to get the answer. God don't need time. God is the time. So it's in our perspective to, to deal with time, but he uses time as well for our salvation. I believe, I believe one person that everything that happens with us who are saved by Jesus Christ, it's in the Bible, is for our salvation. So if he do not answer right the time that we were expecting, expecting or what we want him to, to, to answer us, it's always for purpose. And you know, he, teach it, he taught me, and he, I, I, sorry, I, I'm a bad learner, so sometimes he need, need, need to teach me again, again, again. Uh, I need to wait, I need to wait, and praise him while I'm waiting. You know, do you know Abraham? Abraham had to wait long. Yes. Very long. Trying to find someone else to have his child. Even he tried to solve the problem by himself. You know the story. Yeah. Because he said, okay, I'm waiting. I love you, Lord. I know you are exist. I know you are the Lord, Lord, one person, but but if you are not doing anything and, and, and you love me so much, so okay, in this case, I'm doing to do, I'm trying to do something <laughs> to, to, to help myself or you know what, even more help you to happen something with me. It's not, not it's not, not, it's another way. And it's always cows, scowly things happens if we are doing that. Always better to wait. Okay, so if anyone's listening that doesn't know the story, do you want to tell the story quickly? Okay. He has a wife, Sarah, who was so nice, and uh, Sarah had a servant, and uh, in that cultural area, 
uh, was normal that if uh, a wife had no 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 children, she could have children through her servants. So she decided to do to do do that. So she gave her servant to his husband as a wife, and uh, she had children, uh, child anyway, child, uh, a boy, a uh, very, very, very much so expected boy. And, and uh, uh, it became a big trouble when Sarah himself got a child, and, uh, and that was a so sad story that he had to flee from the home with the little boy because Sarah was jealous to him. So it was a sad story and, and not so nice thing happened when he when she tried to uh, help uh, by herself. I think uh, still today, sometimes we try to take things in our own hands and, and do our own thing. And for me, it never turned out so good. <laughs> yes, right. But other side, you know, uh, Christians have to find the balance all the time in everything. I mean, it's also not the way that, that I close my eyes uh, and, and, and uh, I'm praying, open my, uh, open, open my arms, but close my eyes and saying, for example, Oh Lord, please help me to find my mate. I don't like to be alone. I love you so much. But if you don't open your eyes, mm-hmm. you are not able to see. It's wonderful that that reaches your arms uh, towards the Lord, but also you have to open your eyes and asking, oh Lord, is very ha- he is very handsome or she is very nice, very pretty. But what do you want? What do you think about her or him? Or help me, Lord. So being leaded means that I am working so hard on things that I believe so that from the Lord. It's parallel or with the, with the will of the will of my 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 God, but but also uh, I have to trust Him first, and have have to have to uh, I, I I have to let Him lead mm-hmm. me the way that He wants. So, for example, um, I was so sad. Uh, I wanted to wanted to date lots of girls when I was young, but uh, I didn't manage to 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 get the girls I wanted to, and I was so upset when I was young. And uh, I became Christian after the car accident, and I prayed, "Oh Lord, um, I'm really really like uh, to have a girlfriend," and 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 I understand that. You don't want it just for just for for fun. You wanted to give me someone as a mate for life. But but Lord, I want someone. I need someone. I want to experience the love. It's a wonderful thing. And um, I had a girl. Uh, she was very pretty, and uh, I wanted to date her. So I managed to to get an appointment. So we had a wonderful time. And, and uh, uh, I escorted uh, her to home, and, and when, when, we, when, we, uh, when she went home, I, I said to her, listen, you are so pretty and, and so nice, and, and what do you think to, to be my, my, my girlfriend? And I would be so happy if we are together. And she looked at me and said, listen, Miklos, I just gave my life to Christ on a Christian week, and I, I gave to Christ 
about these questions well that God definitely showed me uh, my my mate. So listen, I'm going to pray and I ask ask God what He wants me to do with you. And I was so upset. Oh my gosh, it was a it was a wonderful uh, answer. Uh, in a in a box that is that is uh, actually saying no. <laughs> so I was I was upset, uh, and I and I and I uh, and I went home and I was so sad and and uh, two months went by and we we haven't met because she went different places and after two months we had another another opportunity to meet and and uh, we met and and we were talking and. She said to me, uh, listen, Miklos, uh, I was not able to tell you anything that time, but but no, I got some answer from the Lord, and, and it, it, it may be it may be something positive. And I said, oh yes, really, oh, and and I, and I have just mentioned her that uh, I have a girlfriend, she's very pretty. And I said, no, 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 I have no girlfriend, no, 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 I, it was wrong, no, no, it was just a joke, no. <laughs> So we dated. She was 16. I was 19. She's my wife. Oh my goodness, that is your wife. Yeah, yeah. So she got me from the Lord, and the later I got uh, her as well, and five years dating, and after 23 years of marriage. Oh my goodness! And you know what? She is very beautiful. I must say. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm 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 really blessed by her. No question, no question. And uh, uh, another story, another wonderful story that uh, my life is full of miracles. And my other story is uh, I attended university. I just started the fourth year of the uh, school when I got married. And uh, my other brother, uh, who is my half brother, was living the time in New York. And we asked him uh, to be my witness at our wedding. And he came, and before wedding ceremony, I think two days before that, uh, we had the dinner together and chatting on the dinners. He mentioned me that, listen, Miklos, uh, did you know that you were born Canadian? And I and I stared at him at, and I was, what? What did you say? You were, Can- you were born Canadian, and 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 your brother and her brother David as well, because if you were born when your dad were Canadian, you were born automatically Canadian after your dad. And I totally shocked. And actually, we had the marriage, and after that we went to the consulate of Embassy of Hungary, uh, Embassy of Canada in in Hungary, Budapest, and uh, actually it was true. So we filled all of the applications, and the most important thing was that my dad, my father, had to write a letter explaining why he didn't apply the citizenship when we were born, but this late time. And my father wrote the truth that uh, there was communism in Hungary and the Russian army was in Hungary, and and it was not safe to apply Canadian citizenship uh, during the communism in Hungary. And uh, the early 90s, when it happened, it's 1994, it happened. Uh, Early 90s, the Russian army went back to Russia, and the liberalization in Hungary started, and a new democracy arose, and new parties started to work in Hungary. Uh, So my my father felt safe to apply, so he applied. And uh, 
uh, nine months went by and I became Canadian. And I became Canadian and I prayed, oh Lord, why did you give it to me? Mm -hmm. I wanted to leave Hungary, I never prepared. But I believe that you gave it to me for reason. And uh, help me, Lord, what you want me to do. And I wrote, I wrote letters to Carla, uh, especially for Hungarian churches, uh, ministers whom I know. And I, I noted that I became Canadian and I have two more. I had two more years to finish education. Anyway, I, I got some letter back. Some I got some letters back, but nothing, nothing uh, uh, exact things. Uh, just maybe later uh, opening something, but nothing like that. So I finished university and I became at first assistant pastor uh, and uh, later uh, uh, a fully uh, uh, ordained minister. And uh, I, I was serving uh, countryside of Hungary for three years, and I totally forgot all of these things. And after three years, I received a letter, uh, someone I reached many years ago, and he wrote to me that he had nothing to write that time, but, but uh, he was reached from someone uh, uh, in Vancouver, uh, who was looking for a pastor, and he remembered me, and uh, he recommended me, and if I was interested, I could write a letter. So I wrote a letter. I was waiting for lots of time, no answer, and a phone call, and finally, it came to my attention that uh, I was able to apply. So I applied for this pastoral job in Vancouver, Nine ministers applied, including myself. Wow. Three minister, three ministers were invited to to Canada to preach for the call, and I was so happy that even I became Canadian citizen. I, I had Canadian passport. Uh, I was able to come even one time to Canada to see my home country. <laughs> uh. So I, I flew to Canada in 1998, uh, November 10 till December 10, one full month, and I preached four Sundays, and I enjoyed it so much, and I saw uh, the challenges, and I saw the advantages uh, of the of the work, of the of the service uh, they required here in Vancouver, and uh, and the two other candidates came up to me. And finally, the congregation itself, on a democratic way, democratic way, elected one. It was me, and and uh, and that was the way I arrived to Canada in 1999, uh, May 6th. But it was so tricky because uh, they asked me that whether I was able to to fly uh, as early as possible. I said I could, I because it, the election was in February. And I said uh, I was able to fly even the next day because I have <laughs> a social insurance number and everything that needed <laughs> to work. <laughs> but the problem was that my wife were expecting with her second baby, and asked them to wait till uh, she was born. And and they said no problem. We waited a lot, so a few more months. And okay, when? And I said. My wife expecting maybe end of April said, OK, no problem. They bought my ticket for 6th of May. 
<laughs> so we were waiting. We were so excited. And April gone, baby never. Baby, baby, baby uh, felt herself great in uh, mother's womb. So she was there. Oh, April, no. Nothing. May 2nd, nothing. May 3rd, finally, May 3rd evening, my beautiful daughter Rebecca was born. May 3rd evening. May 4th in the morning, I asked a photographer in that rural city in Hungary to go to the hospital to take pictures, a Canadian passport size photo of the few hours old baby uh, that I was able to take uh, to Budapest in the afternoon, that day afternoon, and May 5th in the morning, I was able to go to the embassy of Canada in, in Budapest, Hungary, to apply the Canadian citizenship of my of my two months old, or two, two months, two months, two days, one, one day old, two days, one or two days old, little baby, and um. each day, May 6th, May, May 6th, morning i flew to canada what a beautiful story and the final thing is that uh my wife and the two children the one month old uh, rebecca and the four years old aaron my oldest son uh may uh, so it was it was may 6th when i flew to canada and they followed me uh june 11th june 11th and rebecca had canadian passport the small Rebecca had Canada passport. And I said to my wife, Martha, please, Martha, listen, you have to behave yourself very well because you are the only one in the family who are not Canadian. (laughs) 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 No pressure. (laughs) That's joking. So anyway, um, uh, we applied and and she was accepted. So um, three or four years later, she became Canadian. And it was another question that, that, that she was praying and, and uh, she was thinking what to do by herself. Uh, because it was not easy that I was a minister, a pastor, I had a lot of things to do. And I, I love this, this work and, and uh, many challenges I mentioned earlier. But, but, but I love this, 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 this uh, congregation. And, 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 and this thing to do. But she was at home, all the time at home with the baby. And later, uh, my, my third baby was born. Uh, he's Peter, he's now 13. Uh, so actually, the babies kept, kept him at home and uh, he had no not to my social life around and uh, and it was a problem so he had the depression and personal faith issues so it's really struggling and we prayed and she got from the lord her career to be a speech pathologist but she decided not to be a speech pathologist in canada because she never be able to speak without accent in English. So she said by herself that how would she be able to, 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 to help others to speak better in English when she herself 
is not able to. So it was a big question and concern. Also thinking about the, the other, uh, um, subject is the um, mental handicap children's teacher, maybe this one. But she said to me, listen, because uh, my first flight in my life was to come to Canada uh, with two little babies. <laughs> to that is brave. And I enjoy so much and I love airport and I love, love this career. So she decided um, uh, to try to go to a check-in agent course at BCID. And she was able to enroll and she finished with with the uh, honor uh, the course <laughs> wow and uh, you know what is fantastic it's really from the lord it's seven years she's working at the vancouver international airport and she is now one of the lead agent of lufthansa german airlines wish we had more time to share the direction that your church has gone in and and what everything it does but before we say goodbye i, I really wanted to to ask you, and I felt led to ask you, what uh, words you might share with our audience who might be in that place still in the hospital where they haven't found God yet, and uh, what what you say when you have the opportunity to them? I myself experienced, and it's a wonderful experience, and strengthening myself, and uh, maybe, and I hope, uh, strengthen others that if you give your life to Christ and you ask him to come to your life and you are saved by his grace, by his blood, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. No the hospital, no the trauma, uh, nor, nor people, uh, nor circumstances, nothing. So the message is trust in his love because it's unending. And it's always uh, revives us, always renew us, always cause us to, to, to be somebody else or to help others, even in the hospital, even in the bed. We can be tools of his marvelous grace. And, and we experience that he is great, not just with us or for us, but through us to others. This is this is the things, and I always experience that if I am worrying about myself, if I am uh, closing situation in myself or into myself, it's always bad. If I am open to God and open to people around me, even if I am very hard time of life, this is the way I get healed. Open towards others and share the love that I received from Him. Because uh, I just prayed uh, yesterday that we are like a mirror. We have nothing, nothing. We have no, no any sources to 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 be able to to maintain ourselves. It's not true uh, that that the world around us always say that you have to have to find the alpha uh, movement and and find the power in yourself and find. That, that uh, it's not true, it's lie. We have nothing, but we can have this mirror that the light of God, love of God, shining towards us, and we are able to use this mirror to to shine towards others. And if it's happening, 
it's always and powers us so much, so, so much. And we gain in power, we gain in love, we gain in peace for the glory of God. All the time. Beautiful. If our audience wants to find you, where can they find you, Miklos? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, it's the first Hungarian Presbyterian Church. We have Hungarian services. But of course, anyone, um, I'm welcome and, 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 and to, to, to speak. And also, uh, I can invite him to, to um, Forest Place Mission. Or also, um, we have the, uh, the Filipino or Korean churches. Uh, they have English services as well. But I'm available at 2791 East 27th Avenue, uh, Vancouver. is the first Hungarian Presbyterian Church or Korean Amen Church or Acts uh, ACDS uh, Church, Filipino Church, Vancouver is the same place. And we are together worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I wish all uh, um, every people who are listening to your radio that they may experience this real love of God and, and empower us through the Holy Spirit, um, proclaiming Jesus Christ to the world who needs so much to this to this wonderful voice in the gospel. Okay, I'll link all that, okay, in the show notes at uh, everydayisasecondchance.com so they can just uh, go there and then click to find you. And is there anything that you want to leave us with before we say goodbye? Thank you so much. Uh, and I really appreciate it. And I'm really surprised that, that you've chosen me and my broken English to speak about my Savior and, and my life experience. And I want to show you that uh, I think so. Um, I'm not something special. I'm just an ordinary person uh, used by the Lord and experiencing His grace and everything. Everything, I have to tell you that everything is through Him to His glory. And I have nothing, just my shame. And, and, and I thank the Lord everything and, and praise to His holy name all the time. And I have to tell you, your your English is much better than my Hungarian <laughs> or my Polish or my Korean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Second Chance Radio for the most positive and uplifting time on the radio. So tune in again with your host, Gina Kane of Second Chance Radio. Second Chance Radio. Second Chance Radio.